Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I want to talk about the um, Cork County Council and the local authority vets are calling for it to be compulsory for dog owners to have to insure their dogs. This is in the case of um, any potential attacks, whether it's on people, on animal livestock, on other dogs, other cats as well. And I want to get your thoughts on this today. If you're a dog owner, should you have to insure your dog in the event that it attacks somebody or another animal? Dave is with us on the line. Dave, do you think it's a good idea? Uh, how are you doing, Andrea? Happy New Year Send to you. Um, uh, personally, I have insurance uh, on my dog, you know, uh, so I think it's a good idea. But the, the, the problem with insurance is, and uh, and it doesn't cover, you won't get cover for uh, a liability claim if the dog is not under control, if it's a restricted breed. So, for example, if, you know, you had a dog, it was a restricted breed, and it, it, it went for somebody or it, it, it attacked somebody, you're not covered under your insurance policy. So the so so be, so you can't get insurance then for restricted breed. Oh, no, no, you can't. You can't. Terms and but, conditions on the policy. Yeah. So so uh, you know so the dog would have to be on a short leash. The dog would have to be in yeah. control. But sure should be anyway so, if it's on that breed list. Yeah, but but you see what we see like I, listen. I I texted in this morning when when I heard uh, the discussion earlier on, mm. and, and and I have a pitbull carrier, and she's very affectionate. And uh, she, she's a lovely dog. We rescued her from Dogs Trust about five and a half years ago. And she's an old pet. But the, there's other people that buy dogs and, and they have an agenda. That, you know, uh, that they're irresponsible. They don't socialise the dog properly. They don't stimulate the dog. They don't train the dog properly. They And in some cases, they abuse the animal. Like, dogs in themselves aren't, like, they're not aggressive. This thing about aggressive breeds, there's no real aggressive breed. The owners themselves are the ones that, that that don't take responsibility or maybe train them in a way to be aggressive. So you actually went yourself, Dave, and you got um, insurance. And just to be clear, this isn't like the the pet plan. This isn't health insurance for the dog. This is basically insurance that, you know, if your dog um, bit me or my dog or my, you know, livestock or sheep or whatever, that's that's what it's for. Yes, but 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 again, it covers the health as well. It's a, it's a it, you know it's a it's a multi-layered policy. Let's say okay. so it would have health insurance there for the dog, but also public liability, as long as the terms of the policy are met, the claim would be answered. But if the terms and conditions of the policy are not met, then the insurer is mm. under no obligation to make the claim. Well, that's fair enough, though, isn't it? Oh, it is fair enough for sure. I, I, listen. This thing comes down to personal responsibility, yeah, Andrea. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. If you, if you, and, and dogs, like, I love my dog. And, and most people that have pets love their dogs and cats or whatever, you know. But you, they, they take a lot of work. You have to be responsible for them. Mm. And when you have individuals who buy a, a, a dog uh, or, 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 or get a dog or whatever and don't take responsibility are not you know, are, are not doing the right things with the dog, socialising them, you know, playing with them properly. And because dogs will give you back unbelievable amounts of affection. And and, uh, and and they will, I suppose, mirror the type of environment that they're exposed to consistently. So if you have a dog that's abused or it's left 
uh, it's, it's not being interacted with properly, it's not being trained properly. The dog will display these kind of psychological traits mm. that may that may lead to, to, to that type of behaviour. Okay. Okay. But, uh, and it comes down to being responsible. As, yeah. As the dog so, owner, so the you know? so so the only time that the, this insurance won't stand is if if you have a dog on the restricted breed list and you know you don't have it on the whatever it is the short um, lead that you need to have it on and do, do you have to be over sixteen and stuff as well. Don't you? there's a couple of different T's and C's. Yeah, it, it, it depends on the policy, but there will yeah. be certain terms and conditions. Okay. There, okay. Correct, yeah. Okay. So stay with us, Dave. Um, I want to get other dog owners' opinions on this as well today. Um, eighteen hundred four. 53106 is the number if you want to chat to us this afternoon. Jim is on the line. Jim, uh, do you think it's a good idea, dog insurance? Well, uh, first of all, I'd like to uh, say that my uh, prayers and my, uh, my sympathy go out to the my best wishes for a recovery to Alan Andrew, the poor uh, young young man who was actually attacked by a pit bull terrier recently yeah, in his court. Right. Uh, having, having said that, I mean, sh- surely somebody called him their doggy. I'm not going down that road anyway. But insurance, well, it's a progressive uh, way of thinking But and going forward. But I mean, I have insurance on my car, but it still doesn't stop me if I want to to go down the road at 140 miles an hour or kilometres an hour. So, But I think really, I think one good thing that I was thinking of is whether you have insurance or not, it should be compulsory for somebody, once you have a dog, that you must have a GPS tracking device on your dog, be it in a chip format, as when they're chipped when they're young, or puppies, or if not, then uh, later dogs at, at a collar. It means then that uh, dogs that are, are out and about marauding after sheep or even people, they can be tracked back mm. to their home where they came from. And also maybe with technology going the way it is, that maybe farmers might be able to get uh, early warning. But if I can just add as well, I don't want to dominate the conversation, but if I can just add as well, surely these owners of dogs who are out marauding around the country, um, surely they must realise, first of all, my, do- my doggy is out of the house. And also, generally, when he doesn't come back until, the, until during the night the following morning, possibly covered in blood, although they may lick it off themselves, surely you must realise there's something going wrong here. Yeah, that they should, you know, they wonder where, where the dog where the dog was. Um, I, I know that, that they, they called for this down in Cork or they're looking for it to be discussed because um, there was concern at the increase in well, dog ownership, but especially what they kind of called, you know, um, the number of licensed dog or potentially dangerous dangerous breeds. And, and that's where, where, where this has come from. But like, I wonder, would every dog... Well, maybe if they had to have insurance. I mean, if it was in the same way as you have to have car insurance, maybe if it it was if it was there and it was compulsory, Jim, and it was enforced, people would just go and get it. And Andrea, also, it might just stop people who sort of come along and buy little puppies for Christmas presents, or otherwise, then buy them from irresponsible owners. And maybe people who sell dogs should it should be should be compulsory for them to actually have some have make sure that people have taken out insurance, or otherwise have the have an extra chip in the dog to uh, a GPS chip in the dog mm, okay. or need a puppy yeah well the, the point of the microchip is though, they, they, they do have to be microchipped though don't they um, yes. D- Dave as well yeah like they indeed, do have yeah. to be microchipped anyway and have you know indeed yes and that's why maybe they can uh, just uh, modify the existing chip and uh, put some kind of GPS tracking yes. into it uh, rather than putting in two okay. chips on into the dog but at least then at least there'd be there's some form of tracking but even more so 
farmers might be able to sort of see mm. a, 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 in a range, certain range, if there are any quick movements of any objects. And also, better still, not better still, but certainly might be able to track them on GPS and where they return to. Would well, you have any issue, Dave, as a dog owner, um, about having a, you know, a, a GPS tracker no, no, or your dog been able to be no, none? I mean, yeah. It, 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 Technology. I don't think you could buy them and put them on the collars. And and listen, you know, there's good points made there by by the other caller. Um, like nobody, a responsible owner doesn't want their dog getting out and 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 uh, impacting on 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 other people, be it attacking people or or uh, livestock or anything like that. And the chances are that if the dog is found to be at fault, the dog will be destroyed. You know, and, and you don't want that for your dog. So, it, 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 then I get back to the point of responsibility. Now, I have a lifetime dog license for my dog. My dog is microchip. You know, as I said, I have insurance with the dog. If it, the, the technology was there to have the microchip enhanced as a GPS chip, yeah, why not? Okay, right? not, not a bad and, idea. And okay. For all the, all the people who have their pets stolen, they, 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 they suffer, you know, a lot of heartache. Yeah. Well, that's it would probably would, would address that problem too, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. St- stay with us, um, Dave and Jim, if you don't mind. I think we've got Robbie is on the line as well. Robbie, Robbie, are you in favour of dog insurance and and a GPS tracker on the dog? Hi, Andrew. How are you? Good afternoon. Um, yeah, I am in favour of it. Um, I think it'd be a very good idea. But it's like everything that happens in this country. It's a, it's a great idea in theory and uh, practice. It's a completely you know, useless thing, to be quite honest with you. Um, I mean, every dog is meant to have a license. Um, I know, you know, every dog is meant to be chipped. I mean, and now we want to have, you know, track every dog. I mean, as your caller just said there, I mean, a responsible owner doesn't want their dog mm. impacting on a neighbour anywhere. You know what I mean? And it's the same if you go walking around, Andrea. I mean, you have responsible owners that clean up after their dog. But yet when they walk five or ten yards away from it, they throw the bag into the ditch. I mean, you're after going to the hassle of picking up the dog dirt. I know. And now you throw it into a ditch. Yeah. I know. Why not dispose of it properly? No, I I take your point. It's it's all about the the personal responsibility element of it. Alan is on the line as well. Alan, you you have a couple of dogs. Um, Are you all right with insuring them and having GPS trackers in them? Well... I think it would be a great idea because it's all down to responsibility. And, but it's not only, Andrea, that, um, that you get this insurance and you're happy enough to... Just hold on a second. We'll come back, we'll come back maybe there. To, oh, you're there. You're all right. Yeah. yeah um, but it's all right uh, to, um, to have your dog insured and all the rest of it. But you can't leave it at that and say, right, that's done. <laughs> because if you want to learn to drive, you have to do a course and you have to do tests. And I think before anyone buys a dog, they should have to go through the same lessons. Um, sorry. They should have to go through the same lessons as those who were doing the driving for, for preparing to, to own a car. Um, because the responsibility... It's one thing saying you have picking up dog door and that's a responsible dog owner. It's not a responsible dog owner. It's much, much deeper than that. Do you that. think there should be some sort of training course to own a dog? Of course, yes. Right. For all kinds of dogs, not just 
not just the, you know, the ones on the list. And mm. um, for all dogs, okay. especially smaller dogs, are very, very badly mannered. Um, I think the responsible end of things would be people that have the the dangerous breeds. They are more responsible dog owners. Believe it or not. I've seen it. Okay. All right. Well, there, well, maybe that's uh, that's another question we can we can ask people as well. You know, whether or not you think there needs to be some sort of training course to to own a dog too. Uh, Five three one zero six is the text number. Tara's on the line. Tara, what happened to you? Um. So, uh, sorry. Just I know you're talking about dogs and breeds, and you know, if the dog uh, like bites or something like that. But I uh, I unfortunately hit a dog. Um, it was a big dog. It ran straight out of its driveway onto the road. And uh, the dog was fine, thankfully. Mm. But it ended up with three grand's worth of damage done to my car, which um, never got paid. I had to go through my own car insurance. So if there had been dog insurance, that would have paid. You'd have been able to claim. That accident, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So and you're driving along and this dog, you know, was what often happens, the dog ran out in front of the you. The dog ran out and my car has a system where it, it's, it's called pedestrian. It's something to protect the pedestrian so that if you hit what they would think would be a person, it, uh, it kind of shunts the, t- the front of the car back to avoid, to try and limit the impact on the person. So, it obviously did this for the dog, mm. but the the consequence of that happening to the car is that it has to be re-put back together. And so the, the final cost on that was over 3000 So I didn't, I couldn't get the money from the owner of the dog, so I had to go through my own car Your insurance. Own insurance, and of course that then... obviously it's my family car, I can't drive around with a car that's broken. Yeah, I know, I know. And 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 out of curiosity, um Tara, when this happened, I mean and and you you know, you obviously you, you checked on the dog or that if you know you, you said the dog wasn't injured. Yeah. But so so you had some sort of interaction with the dog owner then? Yes. Yeah. And then and then it, it kind of started turning a little bit so I opted out of engaging in the conversation with the owner of the dog. And and kind of got onto my car insurance because at that point it was evident that that was the only option I really had. And you know, like the thing is, had the dog have been injured? The dog was like I think he he broke a toenail or something like that. So the dog was absolutely fine, which was my main concern to start with. Because mm. obviously, you know, I have a dog myself, so I know what dogs are like and family dogs in particular and stuff like that. So. That was my main concern, was that the dog was okay, which he was. But unfortunately, the impact of hitting him damaged my car. And did your, how did that affect your premium, Dara? Now, I have a premium, I have a clause in my premium that allows you claim two claims uh, without it affecting your no claims bonus. So I was able to do that, but... I think there is some, like, I, I think I have to kind of stay with them for five years, to, you know, because if I tried to move to a different insurance company, they wouldn't honour that kind of claim. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So they would see it as I've had an accident in the previous five years. So it hasn't affected my premium, because, but it has stopped me from looking around for a better Yeah. Okay, but, but so so you would be somebody that then obviously in listening to this story today and this call from the council vet officers down in Cork, you know, to look for this to be compulsory. This is something yeah. that you, yeah, you. Well, you, I think you know, you know like of. you know, it's it's you know, 
like I, it's, it's obviously not the dog's fault. He, you know, he's a dog. He just runs out. But it's not my fault that he ran out in front of the no. car. So why should I be the one to have the kind of, you know, to be penalised for it? Yeah, such, no, absolutely. You know? and, 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 and at over €3,000, you know, the, the cost. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it wasn't a small you know, dinner and yeah, like that. and you'd have known so. all about it had the dog have been injured. I'm sure there'd have been plenty, plenty of engagement um, as well, probably from the owner in that case. Uh, Tara, listen, thanks a million for for getting in touch with us. Um, eighteen hundred four five three one zero six. We've got Vivian on the line too. Vivian, what's your story? Uh, well, I tell you, there's two little terriers in my own house, so we are dog people. Even I'm a cat person. My daughter has the dogs, um, but they're. Uh, since early last summer, there's been a sheepdog. I live in a country village here, and the sheepdog just running wild. Nobody knew who owned it, even though it had a collar on it. Nobody was able to catch it or whatever. Um, spent a lot of time running around my garden, hunting my cat, couldn't catch the thing, whatever. So one night I was out, and my daughter, I was home, I was working, I came home, and my daughter said to me that there'd been a ruckus, and she thought there was somebody outside. The dogs were going mad, so she let them out. As I say, two little terriers. Uh, she said, Mommy, she says it was the most gigantic dog. She said, the most gigantic dog. She says, I called the dogs in. And she says, I was terrified for them. I was terrified for me. So I went up there, got, got onto the um, cameras, had a look. And it was actually, it wasn't that gigantic dog at all. It was this sheepdog with another sheepdog tied to it. There was a chain going from one neck to the other. And I couldn't believe my eyes. Um, they were tied I together. My, I swear to God. Uh, I took my daughter home the next day. She was going home. And I was on my way back home again, came into my own yard. This gentleman, don't know who he is, never seen him before, never seen him since. He was in my yard, got out of his car and lambasted me in my yard for neglect and abuse. And he was ringing the KSPCA and he was reporting me. And I said, Pet, hold on a second. I said, these are not my dogs. Oh, well, they ran down your lane in front of me and my wife. My wife got a terrible fright. They ran across the road. La, 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 ran down your lane. I said, okay, but they're not my dogs. So anyway, he did the hunt. Just there about, oh, about three weeks, two weeks before Christmas, maybe. I was coming home from work again. Got out of the car, let the dogs open the back door. My own dogs came out because they sleep in the back kitchen. And next thing, the two of them went bald-headed again. I got them in. There was the same collie again. Now, I'm afraid of dogs that I don't know, okay? But I grit my teeth and I bit my tongue and I got the dog by the collar and I got it into the shed and I closed the door behind me. I got the collar off the dog. And I rang the number on the dog. Now, I know who the people are, but I don't know their names. So don't worry, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Um, so I rang the number on the dog, explained what had happened. There's a young, fella, he sounded young to me, between 18 and 25. He was very apologetic. I'll get somebody else. So about 10 minutes later, this jeep pulled into the yard and I went out. And he said to me, I believe you have a stray dog. And of course, I was furious at this stage, you know. I know. And I said to him, yeah, I said, but it's not actually stray, though, is it? I said, like that there, back to him. And I handed him his collar. Oh, you took the collar off it. And I said, listen now, I said, like this, in the interest of neighbourly harmony, mm. I said, I'm not going to take this any further. 
I said, if I ever see that dog around here again, I said, I will say, I will prosecute you. I will have you brought up, I said, but by the KSPCA. Yeah. And was there any, any any other incident again? Not Vivian? since. No, Not since. okay, so it, it but, worked. Um, he, he kind of looked at me, he kind of watched me out of the side of his eye and he said to me, oh, sure, it won't work. It won't do anything for me. The dog's a stupid dog. It won't work. And he said, I'm thinking of surrendering it myself. And I said, well, if it won't do what you want and you're not able to train it, I said, have it put down. I said, don't pass your trouble and your problems, I said, on to everybody else. Or give it, you know, plenty others, I'm sure, might, you know, would, would maybe take the dog um, as well. So, so Vivian, in general, you'd be in favour of this dog insurance. You think it's a good, a good idea? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. But, but the well, thing about it is, he told me that the dog leaves in the yard. So basically, the dog is not under control. The dog is just in the yard to go where it likes, when it likes. Well, that's it's all about the control, and that's the point that a lot of the texters are, you know, they're they're all making um, here today about this. Uh, Tara, Vivian, listen, thanks a million as well for for getting in touch with us. I have to say, if there's anybody in the vet office down in the county council in Cork, and you're wondering about whether or not this is going to be this suggestion or this initiative about having dog insurance is going to be well received, I don't have one message in today from anybody giving out about this. Everybody. Everybody, and she heard the callers there. They're all in favour of it. Everyone thinks this is a great idea. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. We're talking about um, Cork County Council, the vets there, looking for um, a discussion around whether it should be compulsory for dog owners to have insurance cover. This is in the event that their pet attacks, you know, maybe a human or animal livestock. And we've had a lot of reaction to this on the programme today. Dave is with us. Dave, do you think uh, dog insurance, is it a good idea? I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, And I'm surprised. As I said, I lived abroad. And every household abroad has what they call a WA insurance policy, which covers your pets and your kids, more importantly. And so, where is this, Dave? Holland. Okay. In, in Belgium, as far as I know, Germany. Every household has it. Um, take the situation, for example, you're going down the street with your dog, on a lead, uh, the lead breaks, dog runs out on the road, car swerves to avoid him, runs into another car mm. who caused the accident. I know, we had a you woman, did. similar, sort of a story not dissimilar to that a little earlier, actually. Yeah, so, um, an example, um, I know it doesn't cover dogs, but it's the same policy. My kids and the neighbour's kids were playing on a sandpit, and there was a friend's car parked very conveniently beside it. And the little dinky cars were ran all over his car. You want to see the state of the car, like with sand and little cars. And lucky enough, he had the insurance. And the insurance covered it. Yeah. And it's not It's not expensive. It's very, very, very Is cheap. Is it not? Insurance. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Would it, you know, how, how would that be the deterrent? Um... Oh, well, talk about insurance in this country. Well, that's a different mm, story mm. of what we're going to charge the people over here. But I'm very much surprised that it's not already in this country. 
Um, um, so, so some of the texts in actually on this today I have an email in here uh, from a listener who says this is a typical Irish response make it harder for everybody instead of dealing with those causing the problems no accountability as usual for those who are abusive to their dogs or maybe not feeding them allowing dogs to attack other animals and people do you think that those who do this will pay insurance of course they won't it'll be those it'll be the regular people who, who are responsible dog owners they'll go out and get the insurance the others won't yeah but you see it should be exactly like car insurance you should have to have it like if they if they if they do bring this in in Cork that you ha- or I'm sure it'd have to be brought in nationwide I mean if it's brought in that you have to have dog insurance then it has to it has to be enforced I mean otherwise it's sure it's a total joke like uh, Dennis is on the line Dennis do you think dog insurance is a good good idea I Andrea I, I actually do think it's a good idea but I I think the the issue here is Responsible owners and responsible pet owners will get dog insurance, no problem at all. These aren't the dogs that are out attacking sheep and attacking people. These are the irresponsible owners. Unfortunately, no, you could call it racist or whatever you want to call it, but unfortunately, we have breeds the dogs in Ireland that at this time, the Cane Corsos, your Caucasian Shepherds, your Belgian Malinois, these dogs have no place in our society. They're not bred for anything useful. And we, we, they've become a status symbol. Now, these dogs are highly dangerous. And believe you me, I have one myself. Okay. But, but my, my issue is, it, it's not the, the dogs that need the insurance, it's the people that need the insurance. I mean, if you look at any of the dog pounds at the minute, and I, I follow them fairly, fairly well on, on this media. Yeah. Pounds are full of Belgian Malinois, German Shepherds, Cane, car, cane Carsos, Caucasian Shepherds. These dogs are absolutely lunatics. And yet, you see, you walk in down the street and you see them being walked by, by teenagers, by young fellas, and it's become mm-hmm. a status symbol and for like, a lot of people. You know, the, the thing is, and we, we've talked about this previously here on the show, about this thing about the, the um, restricted breeds list. And like, like, there's rules around that. But the problem is, as you say, just people don't not not like. That's not fair to say everybody. I mean, people do follow them, but there's some who don't. I mean, because there's but there's fairly strict I, rules about it. As far as restricted breed goes, and I stand corrected on this. I have a German Shepherd, and I have a Belgian Malinois dog. No, I'm a, I, I've been involved, and I have dogs for for forty odd years, and I my dogs are well trained. The Belgian Malinois is not on any restricted breed. But if you look at YouTube or Facebook, these dogs are being trained to attack and to their, their police dogs, technically. Okay. So, so who can control them? Nobody. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, James is on the line. James, are you a dog owner? Yes, yeah. I'm yeah, very, I'm, yeah. yeah. And are you in favour of this thing about dog ownership or dog insurance as well? And the thing about the insurance for me, I, I understand where, where, where you're going with it all, right? But um, I, I'd be more in looking at um, something that was mentioned earlier on, sort of like maybe as in a, a training course before people are actually allowed on any dog, if you get me. I think I think people who are good owners are going to be happy to comply with these type of things. I understand the insurance. I understand the the discussion around it. But I think like Dennis said, that uh, you know most people who are good owners, they're, they're not going to need that insurance. They're, they're not the dogs out going wild, you know. I think if there was more of a situation where... The, not everybody can own an animal. It seems like it's a given that you can just own these animals without having any understanding as to, as to what the breed is for and things like that. And 
I'd be more on, along that line. Okay, at the so, so you anyway. think you should have to have, just so I get this right, because another caller suggested something similar a little earlier, and I didn't know if they were, you know, if they were being serious or what. But, but you, you, so you think you should have to do a course to own a dog? Some, something like that. I understand that. And, sorry, um, and do you mean James every dog, or do you mean a dog that's just on this restricted breed list? No, everyone, everyone. Like you know, what, what's the difference if you treat people how to teach people how to look after these animals properly? teach them everything about them that, that's where I'm looking for because I, I think there's a lack of education there you get me people, people wouldn't allow dogs out if they realise what they can and can't do if they're not trained you know that kind of way Do you think would there be much appetite for that Dennis? I think that that dogs need to be trained properly but specific breeds obviously you know but with the influx of different nationalities into our country they're bringing with them these different breeds of dogs, as I said, the Belgian Malinois, a Cane Corso, uh, a Caucasian Shepherd. 10, 15 years ago, these, these breeds weren't even heard of in the country. Mm. And all of a sudden, we have these dogs who are, who are technically attack dogs, and they're walking the streets with teenagers, with young ones, with young fellas. And I know, my, no, as I said, I have two, two big dogs, but they're very well trained. Do you think, um, Dave... This idea there that James mentioned about the course, like, I mean, do you think people should have to do a course? Um, or some sort so of trick? The people, the people I'll give you an example of what I had in my experience. Um, I've been an aperture hunter for all my life. I go dogs, and I always had insurance. I was with the NARGC, and I had my dogs uh, insured as well. And three years ago, I received a letter from the NARGC to say that they could no longer uh, fulfill the insurance because out of 24,000 members, there was only 60 private dogs insured. So there's your answer in a nutshell. My dogs, the way I look at it is this. That man is talking about walking his dog down the street. If the dog breaks the lead and caused, we just say, for example, a million worth of damage, who's going to pay it? Is he going to pay it? Mm. Well, you heard the you lady. You heard the, the, you heard the lady a little earlier. I mean, that she, she had a dog that ran out in front of her, and there was no discussion. You know what I mean? The the, the owner yes. of the dog didn't pay. She to pay the three grand. So you can put somebody out on, on a course to, to look after a dog, but at the end of the day. If a person swerves to avoid a dog in your control mm. and hits, we just say, a woman and a child. I know, we're not somebody down or something, can you imagine? So, now, so there you go. Okay. It's not the dog, so. it's not the dog, and it's not the person. It is, at the end of the day, the insurance, and I think it should be compulsory yeah. for all. Well, I can tell you, uh, I have to say, I didn't, I didn't think in starting this conversation today on the show that there would be such overwhelming... Um, you know, just positivity and um, everybody, like everybody I have talked to in the show today is in favour of this. And I, I was sort of surprised at that because I, I actually thought that a lot of people wouldn't be. But there you go. Um, so if Cork County Council want to introduce it, I can tell you a lot of support here from the Lunchtime Live listeners anyway. Um, Lon- Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.